It's almost Valentine's Day, and uh, I hate Valentine's Day. It's overrated. It costs a lot of money, and it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's, it's this uh, commercialized thing. It's not in the Bible. I want you to go, Valentine's Day, it must be in the Bible somewhere. It's a really, really good idea. And uh, some of you guys are here today, I'm helping you out right now because you have to go out and buy your, your, wife, your wife or your girlfriend, significant other, a gift. And I'm going to try to talk her out of wanting you to do that for you today, okay? You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's overrated. It's, it's commercialized. It's, it's, a bunch of, it's a bunch of money. Uh, so much to the point, I, I went to, um, I bought these today. These are, not, these are not for my wife. For Valentine's Day, she gets me. That's all she gets, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I worked that into the marriage a long time ago, and it works for us, Chris. It may not work for you, but it works for us. But I went to Publix today, and I, I wanted to pick up these roses because I wanted to use, use this as an illustration example today. And the lady, um, the lady rang it up, and she said, $39.99. I said, you must be out your mind. <laughs> I said, not this guy, not for no illustration, not even for my wife. You're like, you must not love your wife. No, I, I, love, I love my wife, but I don't need to buy her a gift to let her know that I, that I love her. And for good, good, good news for me is her love language is not gifts. Now, for her to communicate that she loves me, she's got to buy me a gift. You know what I'm saying? For Valentine's Day, I don't got to buy her anything, but I expect her to buy me something for Valentine's Day. You know, I just open up my laptop and I put it in the bathroom. I put it in a place I know she's going to be. I just put a picture up of the Nikes that I want to buy. You know, I'm like, oh, did I leave my laptop here? Open up on this website with these jeans or these tennis shoes? And, um, and I, I realized that I... Um, that I was like, man, that, I think that number's wrong. I was just over there in the, the full, the, the, the 12 dozen with the thing. Like, that, that was thirty nine ninety nine. She goes, oh, you must, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. And I said, yeah, I, I, well, I am right. I am right. I need the illustration, but not for thirty nine ninety nine. And I love, I love my wife. And um, how many of you guys in here today, you have a, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but you probably, you have a, you have a, a favorite, you have a favorite emoji. Last night I posted, show me your favorite favorite emoji, and some people like Freddie, they couldn't post their favorite emoji. It's just, it's inappropriate for all to see, and so I'm glad he didn't post his favorite emoji, but some of you guys, you have a favorite emoji. I, for a while, when the emoji thing came out, I was like, this is so, this is so new, school, so new school, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. The most confusing thing about the emojis for me was when it came out with the, with the 2.0 or the next version of the emojis, and I had to figure out what color of skin I was on the emojis. You're laughing, but I'm dead serious. I'm like, so once I said, and here's how I knew I was off. I sent, a, I sent an emoji to my friend like, bro, you wish you were that light. <laughs> like, you black, bro. Like, your, your skin is darker than that emoji. And so, and then I would find myself in that, like, do I, then I, for a while, I, when I would send people emojis, I, I would send, I would send two emojis. Because I was like, I'm not sure which emoji I am. But I would send a white emoji, the far white, like, almost yellow emoji, like, white, pasty white emoji. And then, and then I would send straight from Africa emoji. I would just put them together because that was my dad and that's my mom when I came together. And so I couldn't figure out my color, but I knew that one of these extremes, this was my emoji. But I, I brought a picture of my wife that I want, you, you should have saw her. But every time I see my wife, I, I got to lead with her this week. Do you have that picture? No, it's okay if you don't. I had a picture of my wife, but every time I see my wife, oh, there she is. The girl's fine. Love that. I, I was in a teaching, teaching, um, teaching time with, with her this week, and I, I love my wife. And, and you can flip back to the, to the, the emoji screen, but whenever I see that, I use, I use that heart emoji. Whenever I see my wife, that's like I find myself more and more using the, the heart eyes emoji because I love, I love my wife. It doesn't take a gift. It doesn't take a gift. It doesn't take a gif. 
I love my wife. I, I, do, I do love my wife. And so I want to teach to you today, okay? I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to preach to you today. I want to I talk to you guys today about, about these emojis. Um, or, and, I, these, and these emojis represent love, sex, and dating. And if you're here today, I think it's important that the church talks about these things because if not, we go to the world for these things. And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't date today. I wouldn't know how to do it. I wouldn't know if I was supposed to be swiping left or swiping right. I would be confused. I would have no idea which emoji that I was supposed to use. And, and I don't know if I was supposed to be on Tinder or Bender. I would not know exactly which one I was supposed to be on. I wouldn't know how to snap them. I wouldn't know what to do at all. Because when I liked Diane, I started talking to her. But if you're talking to someone now, that means something. And when we started dating, we hooked up. Well, nowadays, hooking up means literally, physically hooking up. And so I couldn't use, I don't even know all the, all the verbiage. Brent, we, I know you couldn't date today, Brent, because like you, you're like, if I'm confused, I know. Like back in the day, Brent was like, I think Brent, and I look at Steve. Steve was like, yo, I remember when Steve, I, I rode to four, four hours in the car with Steve to buy our church truck. And Steve's like, I just walked up to Debbie and said, you're going to date me. And I asked Debbie, I said, Debbie, is that true? And she said, yes. She goes, all my friends are like, do not date Steve Andrews. I said, well, tell me about Steve Andrews. She's like, Steve was so, he thought he was so cool. I was with her and Amy just a few days ago. And she goes, she goes, it was so easy back in the day. She's like, Steve just wore white t-shirts so that he could roll his cigarettes up in the sleeves. And I'm like, I thought Grease was just a movie, but apparently it was real life stuff. She's like, it was so, it was so easy. I, I went to Steve's house a few, a few months ago and they helped us out a lot of the church and I think Steve is still wearing some of the shirts that he wore back in the 70s. Like, it's just, just simple, just, girls, you, you, want, you, want a guy, you, want, you want a steady Steve in your life. You want a steady Steve. Don't go for sexy Eddie. Go for steady. You want a steady Steve, steady Steve. And so I want to teach you today because I think we get our cues more times than not from the world. And if you look around, we're not doing that good. Relationships honor great. The relationships, most people nowadays, they're steering far away from them as possible. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look that, doesn't look that appealing. It doesn't look, look that good. And so it doesn't seem like I would want to be a part of that because it's so, it's so dysfunctional it, to the point that half of the relationships or the relationships that start, that go into marriage, half of them end in divorce. It doesn't look that appealing. And so I want to go back to the Bible and just talk about relationships today. And so if you're in here today and you're married, this is for you. If you're in here today and you're single and you want to be married, this is for you. If you're in here today and you're single and you do not want to be in a relationship, this is for you. This is for everyone here today. If you're a middle school student here, a high school student here today, <clears throat> this is for you. This is for you. I, I, I did, um, you know, my, my, parents are, my parents are divorced. And so I, and I, and I would say this. And I say this to you today, it's, it's, it's always hard talking. I was just at a teaching environment yesterday with 100 leaders for a company, and it's easy to share my whole entire story. And I, I'll be honest with you guys, I spill all my garbage. As long as I'm not here, I can say whatever I want, whatever I want, whenever I want, as much as I want. When I'm here, I'm sensitive to my siblings. If they weren't here, you would be like, dude, there's a, this guy's a miracle walking. Like, he shares some stuff. I was with Debbie and Steve this week, and there are a few people when I sit off the off the record, even when I'm some places that they're live in and they're facing, I gotta, I gotta curb all my conversation. And if you sit across me, I would share some stories. I, I, marriage isn't, in my, in my life, it wasn't this great thing that I just couldn't wait to get married. That wasn't the example that I have. So you're like, oh, well, you're married and your, your wife is married because you saw a healthy example of marriage. And, and I can say today that I didn't see a healthy example of marriage. 
I just kind of did the opposite of what I saw in my own house. And that sounds terrible, but a lot of my life, that's kind of what I've done, just kind of gone the opposite, the opposite direction. So I want to talk today, and I want to go back to the very beginning, when relationships even began, because it could be a good thing. It could be a great thing. But the thing that the world is selling, it's not that good. It's not that great. And if, to be honest today, you, you wouldn't pursue it because it doesn't seem like something that you would actually, you'd actually want. It leaves you confused and, 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 and kind of trying to figure this thing out and trying to work through all, the, all this. And so in Genesis chapter 1, um, verse 26, this is Teacher West today. So if you wanted preaching, I'm very sorry. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said this, the very, very first book of the book, the very first book in the Bible that God wrote for us, to us. Listen to Brad teach this past weekend, says to our dream today, but the Bible is happening. The Bible's not over. The Bible's not over. Some things that God says in the word, God sets some things in motion. He said to the, to the early, early um, leaders, to, to Moses and Abraham, he goes, hey guys, you're gonna have a long lineage. And some of you guys, hey, we're sitting today, we're here today because of the lineage of Moses and Abraham and and, and, and Jacob and Isaac, some of these guys some of, that, that have gone before, some of the examples that were set, we're here today because of them. And so God, wrote, God, God brought relationships into the world, and he gives you and I the example of how to do this thing the right way. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said this, let us make human beings in our image. God said, let's make, let's make people to be like us. And so what is Jesus like? He's a trinity. He's God the Father, he's God the Son, and he's the Holy Spirit. He says this, let us make human beings in our image to be just like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the, in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along on the ground. Verse 7, so he's like, let's do something. Here's what I love about God. God says, let's do something, and he actually does what he says he's going to do. We can learn a lot from that. When we say, when God tells us to do something, and we say, God, I'm going to do that, we got to do exactly what God's called you and I to do. The very next verse, he says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. He created them just in, just in his image. So when God made you and God made me, he made us like him. He made us just like him. We were created perfect, and we were together, and we were whole. In verse 28, the Bible says this, then God blessed him. God wants to bless you. He made us like him, and he says, I want to I wanna bless you. Now I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Let's keep on going a little bit. Okay, see, I'm going to bless you guys. And he says, um, be fruitful and multiply. What he was saying is, go make babies. Be fruitful and multiply. I grew up in a church culture where sex was capital B-A-D. What I found out after I got married and after I read the Bible, that sex is really awesome in the context of marriage. It's, design, it's designed for a husband and a wife. The Bible says that right here. It says, this is for a husband and a wife to go out and be fruitful and to be multiplied. It makes you better. It makes you closer. It draws you closer. That's what the Bible teaches on this thing. And so if we, if we're, if we find ourselves in these unhealthy, these unhealthy cycles, it's because we don't do things based upon the scripture. It works better. And here's the good news. If you're here today, like, yo, I've been taking this thing all out. God's a God of order. If you've been taking this thing all out of order, you can change the way you do things today. We, we, live, in, we live and serve a God that, that is about second chances and third chances, and he, and he gets us right on the right path. He gets us on the right direction. And I think everything that God does for us, he sets us up because he wants to bless us. And so if you want to be blessed, he goes, here's the design for it. Here's the plan for this whole thing called relationships. And he says here in the next part of the, the, the verse, um, uh, um, let me pause. Before I read the next part of the verse in Genesis chapter 2, look, this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two people are better than one. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. 
So relationships, there, there are a good thing. But a lot of people, we have a bad taste in our mouth for relationships. And I get it because we've seen so many dysfunctional ones. We've been in them. We've been in them. We've watched them. And we've kind of been there. We've seen them. We've been close to them. We've all been there. So like, we, like it doesn't seem like it's actually, it doesn't seem like we'd be better off with another person. Now here's the good news. The Apostle Paul, he never, the Apostle Paul, he never ever got married. He never ever got married. He goes, if you can do the single life, that's fine. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And, and I, this is like a four-week series, and I'm giving it to you guys all in, all, in one, all in one Sunday. And I'm just trying to go back to the very beginning and say, hey, this could work. The way God designed it, it could work. If you want to go at it your way, and if you want to do it the way the Kardashians do it, and if you want to do it the way that the world shows you how to do it, then you can do that. And we see where, we see where that goes. Because that's, that's all over the socials, that's all over the magazines, that's all at the, all at the, um, it's all at, at the, when you walk in, when you go to check out at the register, it's all there. We can do it the way that we see the world do it, but that, that's not going so well. That's not going, that's not going so hot. And so the Bible says that two people are better than one because they can help each other succeed. And if one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. If you fall by yourself, you're in real trouble. We should be really, we, it should work. Like, we should, we, should, we should be better together. I should be better, my relationship with, with I, I should be a better person today because of my relationship with Diana. And I should, be better, my, I should be better today because of my relationship with Eloy. We should all be better because of our relationship. Relationships are really, relationships are really awesome things, but so many people, we've lost faith in relationships. We've lost faith in relationships, and I see why. Because we take, we do these things that are, we do them out of order. We do them out of order. And so verse, um, cha- chapter 2, we're following down along Genesis, chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says this, this is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor, nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain over the water to the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil, there was no one to work it. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land when God commanded it. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed breath into the he, gave, he breathed breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. The whole, God breathed into man, and we became a living person. We got our first breath from God, and that's why every breath that we have from now on, we ought to use for worshiping God. That's how we fight our battles. We fight our battles through worship. I don't have any enemies. I don't have any enemies. I was in this I was in this environment, this teaching environment this past week, and I was telling people, you know, when people leave me, they people hurt me. I don't have to go after them because God fights my battles for me. And when people hurt me and people offend me, I don't have to chase them out. Like, Yo, I need to let you know you offended me. I don't need to do that. I fight my battles through worship. I don't I don't have to. People can talk about me, and I find out that people talk about you. People say bad things about you. And it's funny, I was telling this people, it's funny because people will come to your church and they'll sit in the back row and they'll cheer you on and they'll clap for you in the service, but then they'll walk out and they'll talk about you. I don't have, and they find out later, like, yo, those people, they didn't like you. Like, they didn't like you. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that they didn't like me. I don't have to fight my battles, though. I don't have to fight my battles because my breath, I want to use my breath for worship, not for worry. I don't want to use my breath, I don't want to use my breath as, as a weapon. I want to use my breath as worship for worship because you can't worship and be a weapon at the same exact time. You can't give life to people and then also shoot them down. And so I just, I don't do that. And here's the good thing about our church. And I've said this a long time. I want to kind of stir that. You can live, this isn't a religion. This is a relationship. And this is how God's relationship, with, God's, my relationship with God has led me into living. 
and you got to flush that out. You got to flush all this out on your own. I'm just here up to give you. I'm just here. I'm just the guider. I'm just giving you some 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 guiders. And if you take them and you live by them, that could work really good for you. But if you don't like them, you don't have to take them. That's really really awesome. I love that we're all different walks in here today. Some of you guys have been a Christian for a long time. Some of you guys are just figuring it out. Some of you guys are here. You're a seeker. You you, you don't you don't want to fully follow God yet because you're not sure you want to do all these things. And that's okay. And we all can be here today, and we can all love each other, and we can all encourage each other, and we can all inspire each other, and we all can work in the same exact family. I learned a lot about family. <clears throat> I learned a lot about family this week. Tomorrow I get on an airplane, I go talk about my, I get to go talk about my family, you guys, my church family, to pastors and leaders, about different, different families that I, different tables that I, that I sit at. You know, there's no perfect family, is there? There's no perfect family. This week, I, um, Chris, that was up here today leading worship, I was with, I was with his, his dad and mom, and Diana, his dad, his dad and mom, this past week in South Florida at a church that runs 30,000 people, 13 campuses. I'm trying to still figure out how to do one. There are 13 campuses. Brecca's like, yeah, you are. Hurry up and figure it out. <clears throat> I'm a part of that table. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to a smaller table. In April, I'm going to be at a bigger table. There's no perfect family. There's no perfect family. And so... God says, hey, here's this design, okay? And so he says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Verse 8 says this. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. So he made Eden, and Eden was awesome until she turned four, right? Justine, I'm just kidding. Eden's an awesome name. I realize that your daughter's name is Eden. When I read Eden, I'm like, Eden is baller. Like, Eden is incredible unless it's a toddler, unless it wakes up in the middle of the morning and is screaming and yelling at you and doesn't listen. Like, it's awesome if it's not a person. But Eden is baller. And that's the way God, God designed man. And he's like, yo, I'm going to push you in Eden. You're going to be in Eden. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be, the, it's going to be flourishing. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be beautiful landscape. It's going to be incredible. You're going to like it. It's going to be like, it's going to be like the most, the best tropical place you've ever been to. It looks baller. Verse 9, the Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, and they, they produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river, a river flowed there from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing it into four, into four branches. The first branch, it was called Pishon. You got to say it fast and you can't slow down. You got to say Pishon. <clears throat> and it flowed around the entire land of Havilah where, where gold is found. And the Bible says, I mean, this is, this, this is incredible. I hope you can, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm an auditory learner. Some of you guys that are visual, you guys are picturing yourself and eating, saying, you ought to try that. And if you're an auditory guy like me, then you ought to picture yourself. Because I was reading this, like, this is so incredible. The gold of the land is exceptionally pure there. And it was aromatic, resin, and onyx stone are also found. Like, it smelled good and it looked good. The other day, I, I don't know, I think Diana got some, I don't know if she got some new perfume or I was just smelling different, but I'm like, yo, girl, you smell fine. You smell good. Guys, we want a girl that smells good. You, you want, and it, like, to remind us of Eden. Eden was baller, bro. I'm going to tell you how baller it was in just a moment. It's going to get, it does it, can Eden get better? Absolutely, it can get better. God says, let's make it better. The second branch called the Gihon, it flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch called the Tigris, it flowed east of the land of Asher. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. In my Bible, I wrote tend and watch over it. God made a man, if you're in here today, God made you to work. 
Girls, if the guy ain't got a job, don't date him. If he says he's an entrepreneur, ask him if he's actually started the business yet. Yo, baby, I'm an entrepreneur. No, you're not an entrepreneur. If they say, if they use words like, I do freelance work, run. Or this is another one. This is another one that, that I've heard recently. You're like, you're, you guys are laughing because this stuff is serious. Uh, I'm a, I've heard this recently. I'm a professional gamer. I, see, is, then if, he, if that's true, because here's what I realized. You can make a lot of money doing that. I don't know anybody who's doing that, but there's guys that are making $50,000 a month by people watching people play video games. So check this. If he says, yo, girl, I'm a professional gamer, then all you have to do is say next, that's awesome. Let me see your bank account. Because your bank account will prove whether or not they're, they're an, actual, an actual gamer. They, God made us to work, guys. God made us to work. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you're gonna surely die. Now, I can't go any further but to stop right here. You know the story. I'm gonna keep on reading, but he stops. And we see grace in the New Testament. Unmerited favor, grace in the New Testament. So this is something I just saw last night. I was reading this Bible, and I was listening to this. I was reading this, and I was talking to Diana. The Bible says this. If you eat the fruit, you're gonna die. We all know what happens. They eat the fruit, but they don't die. Adam and Eve don't die. So what does that mean? God's trying to teach you and I about grace in Genesis chapter 2. Grace doesn't, I found out last night that grace doesn't come in the New Testament. Grace, Jesus came with grace, and he came with mercy, and he came. So, man, what a loving God. Say, hey, listen, if you screw this thing up, Whitney and Matt, I'm going to kill you. Okay, you screw this thing up. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to give you grace instead. That's incredible to me. That's awesome. I'm so thankful for grace. And my mom and dad would say, hey, listen, if you, if you break the rules, we're going to kill you. They said that. And guess what? I broke the rules. Guess what? I'm still here. Guess what? They gave me grace. They gave me mercy. I deserve to be in trouble, but they gave me, they gave me grace. I'm so thankful for grace. God gives us grace in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Isn't that incredible? Today, just nod your head. That's incredible. The Bible's happening. Brad said this this week, and I've just been stuck in my head. The Bible is happening. The Bible's happening. Grace doesn't come until the cross. So we think, but because the Bible's been happening since Genesis chapter 1, the Bible's actually been happening before Genesis because the Bible says God always was and always will be. God was happening before the book ever was started writing. Before man and before woman, there was God. And so this is so incredible to me. I, I, I kind of geeked out over that for a few moments. Forgive me. Then the Lord God said this, it is not good for the man to be alone. And all the women said, that's right. <laughs> yo, just nudge your, if you're next to your husband, just be like, yo, you couldn't do it without me. <laughs> You, you need me, bro. And you may say to your girlfriend or your fiance or the girl that you're trying to get to like you. If you're sitting next to a girl you like her, like, she's not, just like, yo, you need me. You need, like, you need me. Like, the Bible says you, you need people. Why do we talk about relationships all the time? Because you were made to be in, you were made to need relationship. I was talking to Debbie Rain about this just, just Friday night out in the parking lot. You need relationship. Oh, I don't need relationship. You, if you say you don't need a relationship, you're, you're, you're the prime candidate. <laughs> if you have a, if you have a, you need a relationship. I'm not saying you need to be married, but you need a relationship. Maybe you do need to be married. Maybe you don't. But you need, <clears throat> you need relationship. And so, um, so, the Lord, so the Lord, verse 19, so the Lord God, he formed, he formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them forth to man. 
to see what he could call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave them names to all the livestock, all the birds in the, in, of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for them. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. No problem for me. He said, go to sleep, Adam. While man slept, God did surge you on him. God took, the Lord God took, took out of the man's, out one of the man's ribs, and he closed up the opening. But the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Verse 23, at last the man exclaimed, he's like, yo, he saw this chick. And let's just be clear today, she was naked because they didn't have clothes yet. We're going to see clothes come later. At, he says, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woe man because she was taken from the man. This explains why a man leaves his father and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now, this is my favorite verse in all the Bible, verse 25. Now, the man and his wife were both naked. That's my favorite verse in the whole entire Bible. You guys are waiting for something else. Like, Yo, that's all I got. Yo, that's exciting to me. And they walked around happily ever after, naked. That's awesome. I, I, I want to preach a series called let's, let's, let's Go Back to Eden. I'm going back to Eden, to Eden, to Eden. We're going back to Eden. I would love to write a series because they walked around and everything was great. Now, you know the story because you've been in church and, and I mean, you know the story kind of. Like, they gave us the watered down version. But here you are, all those stories that they left out parts about where they were naked, that's why God brought Hope Church. So I can let you know they were naked and it was awesome. And it was incredible. But what happens is, is they decided to do their own thing. And when they decide to do their own thing, it changes things. When we decide to do our own thing, it changes things. We forfeit a lot of times some incredible things that God has for us. We forfeit them because we do things on our own. It starts at a young age, middle school, high school. Mom and dad say, hey, let's go this direction and let's do this. We say, I don't want to do that. I want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. And we do it this way, and that doesn't help us out. And this way is not this way. It's actually that way, and things get all out of order. And things get janky. And things go bad. And Adam and Eve find themselves on the run from the creator of the universe, which is a terrible person to play hide-and-go-seek with because he can see everything from a 30,000-foot view. I'm just making it simple, Matt. That's just, he sees everywhere. It's like... It's like me hiding behind these roses today. I bet God can't see me. Well, that looks silly. That looks silly. And sometimes our disobedience is silly. It's silly to me because I'm like, bro, why would you be silly? God has Eden. God has Eden for you. God has Eden for you. We can have Eden. Are you kidding me? We can have great love and romance and sex. We can have, we can have it God's way and it can be incredible. But like, no, God, I don't want it that way. I don't want it that way. I'm going to do it my way, God, because my way is better. And God's like, yo, I've been programming people since the beginning of time. I know how this is going to play out. I knew, I knew the world before you were ever actually in the world. I've got this great plan for your life, but you don't want Eden? So if you get anything today, I want you to know this. You want Eden. Eden's awesome. It's incredible. And here's what I know about Eden. God said, hey, you guys are lonely. You need a relationship. Here's what I need you to know. We were designed to be relational. 
We were designed to be relational. Don't, if you're not married in here today, or if you are married in here today, if you want to be married today, we're all designed to be relational. At one out of one people, we were designed to be relational because Genesis chapter 1 says us, says, I'm going to make you just like me. God wanted to make you like him and give you Eden, and we don't want that. The more and more people just have conversations with me about how they want to live their life the way they want to live their life, I'm like, yo, you can have Eden. Like, that should be a point. It's not on the screen. You get to have Eden. And it's awesome. You get to have life God's way, and it's incredible. Why don't you want Eden? You were made to be relational. Here's what I also wrote down. The church should be a great example of how relationships should be. The church should be a great example of how, church, of how relationships should be. I want to forgive everybody. I want to forgive everyone. The reason why I want to forgive everyone is because I, in, in Eden, there, there was a perfect picture of forgiveness in there. In the very first book of the Bible, God talks about forgiveness way before the cross ever comes. I want Eden. You know where I want Eden at the most? I want Eden in my house. I don't want to be fighting with Diana. Because when she's not nice, she's mean. Now I'm afraid of her, Brent. <clears throat> I want to be. I remember we were five years into marriage. I went to my father and I was like, yo, I made it. To Diana's eye. I said, what happened? He goes, five years of marriage. I said, dude, I'm killing it. I said, five years of marriage. I said, I just got dying to say sorry for the first time yesterday. <laughs> You're not laughing because you're like, how can you say that? It took me five years. Five years, Randy. Randy's like, wow, we've been married for 30 plus years. Debbie hasn't said it yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I want, we ought to model. The church should be a great example of how relationships should be. We ought to model it. Whenever I do a wedding, and I'm doing more and more and more and more and more, then when I do a wedding, I'm doing one next month, I did one this month, I did one last month. Whenever I do weddings, I tell people all the time, like, hey, you ought to model what the, you ought to model a perfect relation, a, a healthy relationship. People say, all the time, man, I want to have a relationship like you. I'm like, you want to see, you want to, you want the relationship like in the picture that you saw earlier, like you want that. You, know, you want, you, what you're, you don't want a relationship like I have. What you're saying is you want, you want to be able to post good things about your spouse. That, you want to post cute pictures with the heart emojis. That's what you want. Because our relationship, I say this at every wedding I do, marriage takes work. And all the married people are starting on here. It takes a lot of work. But here's what we know. The work is worth it. It's hard and it's tiring and it's draining. It's work. But the work is, the work is worth it. The work is worth it. Brent and Eric are in here today. have been married for a super long time. Jamie said to me, I'm at this church because of Brent and Erica. And he said something about Erica being a saint, which is probably pretty factual. He didn't say that about Brent, and probably that's factual too. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't say that about, he didn't say that about, he said, I mean, Erica, saint. We ought to be a great example of how relationships should be. If we have Christ in us, we have a picture of what it looks like, then shouldn't we be the best example of what relationships should be? Shouldn't people say, man, I want to have a, I want, man, I, I want to be in a relationship like that. Wes, and, Wes actually cares about his wife. <clears throat> I, I drove one time. Um, I, I used to drive um, for the Florida Georgia game. I lived in Jacksonville. <clears throat> and I, I would drive my Ford Explorer. I would go to this hotel and I'd pick these guys up for 10 bucks a pop. And I would drive them to the stadium. And then I'd come back and get them later that night. And they would tip me. And I'd pack my Explorer out, four people. So I, I'm 40 bucks one way. It was awesome. Like entrepreneurship is alive, you know what I'm saying? Like, and on a, on, a, on a Saturday night, Florida Dream, I can make about $800 cash. It's awesome. Because I'm a good pastor. I claimed on my taxes. I did not. I'm just going to keep all that cash. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I did tithe off it, but I didn't, I didn't report it. I don't know what the number is, but I didn't know the number, so I don't know. But those guys like, hey, I would, I would give them the car. So those guys like, hey, 
Can you hold our rings for us until you pick us up later that night? No. No, I can't do that for you. And next year, bring your wife with you. Loser. <laughs> I didn't say that. I, I, I wait till I, they got out and they see what kind of tip they gave me. Then I talk bad about them like any good Christian would do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We ought to be an example. That's, I don't want to follow that example. We ought to set the example. We ought to be the example. Here's what the Bible says. You want, to, you want to have love. The Bible says this about love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I'm rude sometimes. That's not love, though. It does not demand its own way. The most, you, you want to you you give up all your rights? Get married. It's, you, marriage should make you selfless, not selfish. If, you like, if you're single and things are going great for you and you like it the way you like it, all the time you like, 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 you like the way you like it, stay single. Oh, I can't wait. No, just get some good friends to hang out with. Get some good, get some good friends to hang out with. Go laugh. If I find some people, they get married and they get miserable. They do nothing fun ever again. I tell people all the time when, they, when, they, when, they do, when I do their marriage, like, your, your marriage ought to have a plan, and the plan ought to include fun. It ought to, it ought to include fun. The Bible said it's not irritable. Now, I'm sometimes irritable. And it, the Bible says it keeps no record of wrong. We're supposed to give. The, 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 the Peter said, how many times do we forgive? Seven times 70? And that's 490. And Jesus is like, no, it's not about 490. It's about we forgive all the time. We are the example of forgiveness. That's the example. We get to set the example of forgiveness. We get to set that. We got to forgive and forgive. I'm so thankful for the countless times that Diana's, Diana has forgiven me when I failed or when I wronged her, when I've been irritable or when I've been rude or when I've been proud or when I've been boastful because I've been all those stinking things. Love does not rejoice about, about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, it never loses faith, and is always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. How many of you guys in the room today, you've been married for over, I'm trying to, I don't, you've been married for over 30 years, over 30 years. Stand up real quick. You've been married for over 30 years, stand your feet. Over 30 years. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. All right, you can sit down. How many of you been married for you've been married for over if you just stood if you just stood stood up, stay standing, but how many of you guys have been married for over 20 years? Stand up. Over 20 years. Yeah. That's awesome. You can sit down. Eloy started that clap because he knows it's a freaking big deal. He knows. The guy works his marriage. You have to work it. You have to work it. You have to work whatever relationship you're in. You have to work it. It's and it's not. And if I can line them up at the very end of the service, and say, "Hey, let me know how easy it is." They'll all tell you it's not easy at all. It's work. It's hard work. Ask them how many times. How many times they had to forgive the other person this week? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of. There's a lot. If you got 30 years and in 20 years, that's a lot of forgiveness in there. There's a lot of forgiveness in there. Um, I wrote down two things. I don't know how I'm going to communicate them all to you, but I want to write them down because I think they're super important. Or take a picture of them. Here's the, here's the first one. We will never love others. We will never love others if we don't love ourselves. It's not grammatically correct up there. I'm sorry, that's the way I give it to them. They put it up there exactly. We'll never love others if we don't love ourselves first. 
If you can't party good by yourself, you're not gonna party good with being married to somebody. If you can't have a good time by yourself, then you won't have a good time with being married either. I, I heard a guy say this one, like, you better, if you don't date yourself, you're never gonna love other people. You ever do nice things for yourself? If you don't do the nice things for yourself, if you don't believe the best about yourself, if you don't, believe, if you don't, have, a, if you don't have a confidence inside yourself, then you're not gonna be confident in a relationship. Because that person that you're gonna expect to do all that for you, they're not gonna do it for you because they got their own set of baggage and their own set of issues. Diane and I, we don't, we don't, we don't complete each other because we're two broken people. We complement each other. We complement each other. I love Chris and Emily to death. Chris is sitting next to his mom. She's visiting out of town. Been married for over 30 years. Chris saw a good example of marriage. He's sitting next to his wife, and, and, and she and her parents have been married for over 30 years also, I think. And, and so you're like, oh, good for them. You, you expect them to work it out because they saw, but both of them will tell you, because I did their wedding, they'll both tell you neither one of their parents had perfect marriages. Because perfect marriages don't exist because there are no perfect people, so there can't be any perfect marriages. You, you, can't, you can't say that. Matt's parents have been married for a long time. Matt's not gonna be a perfect husband because his parents have been married for a long time. Witt's parents have been married for a long time, but that doesn't make Witt, that doesn't make Witt a, a, perfect, a perfect wife. So she has a lot of work to do. I know, because I'm her friend. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. All the stepkids are like, yeah, I mean, she, he's right. He's right. <laughs> he's right. Listen, if we don't get, if we don't figure this whole loving ourselves out right, guys, and I think you should love God first. I think you should love people. And I think you should love yourself last, Jesus, others, and you. That's my model. Sometimes I don't know if the, if the O and the Y are flip-flopped or not. But here's what I know. If you can't figure out how to love yourself, you're not gonna, you can't work, it's not going to work in a relationship. Because you're, if you don't love yourself well, you're going to move into this relationship. And you're going to expect this person to love yourself well. But you're not even going to know what love's supposed to be like because you don't even love yourself right. So when you, he's trying to, he's going to be shooting, he's going to be trying to like ready, set, aim. And he's going to be missing all the time because you miss it yourself. Now you got to be careful. Like make sure they don't love themselves too much. And then here's the second thing. We will never love ourselves if we don't accept the love of God. That's all I got. I, I mean, I, probably you shouldn't come to this church ever again because it's, my answer is the same all the time. It's Jesus. That's all I got every single time. It's annoying. Um, that's all I got. Liz is on the, on the third row. Liz said, my dad checked your church out. He said, you talk about Jesus an awful lot. He, he kind of likes that. I'm like, that's all we got, guys. If we don't get the love of God, then we're not gonna love people well. The cross is up and it's sideways. And when we get this relationship with God right, then we will get the relationship with others right. If you, don't, if you can't forgive people, have you really experienced have you studied how much Jesus forgives? Because it's unconditional. It doesn't stop. And we should forgive people the way Christ forgave us. Not because I said so, because the Bible says that we should forgive others just as Christ has forgiven us. That's how we should forgive people. It's hard. It takes work. But the more work you do, the more you practice forgiveness, the better you get at it. The better you get at it. You can't be the best you if you have a chip on your shoulder. You can't be the best you if you have unforgiveness in your heart. Do they deserve forgiveness? Probably not. But I would not give it based upon what you think. Did you deserve forgiveness? Probably not from Jesus. So I'm gonna forgive no matter what.